What up, fantasy people? You are back, dialed into the True North Fantasy Pod, and this week we are championship chasing. Of course, we are a part of the fantasy point, or <laughs> we're presented by Monkey Knife Fight. Apologies there, Ty. Um, uh, we're, we're back live, though, buddy, and it's the first time we've been live in a few weeks, um, if you couldn't tell. Um, it, it's exciting. It's Saturday. It's right before the championship chase, like I said, and uh, we want to do a little matinee episode for the people. So how you living today, Ty? Living good, yeah. We were deprived of a Thursday night football game, but of course with Christmas and uh, New Year's, it's always just a whirlwind for, for everybody this time of the Absolutely. year. So nice to kind of get the tiny break on things like rankings and stuff. Like you don't yeah. have to get them in by Thursday. And yeah, like you said, we are back live. So went swimmingly here as I pull up a, <laughs> a video and, and screw you. That's okay, there. man. You're just trying to stay dialed into the comments for the people. And I yeah, already and see Kyle Senra, good buddy Kyle Will and... Harris. Yeah, these are, are some of the best dudes out there and uh, somebody I am proud to ring in the new year with for sure. Absolutely. Um, I just want to remind everybody, make sure they're going over to fantasypoints.com, getting our subscription uh, using our promo code uh, 21TrueNorth10, all caps. And we're uh, we're definitely making sure that we are going to take a big like take stock of the entire season that was 2021 as strange as it was um we want to make sure we know what were trends what were kind of anomalies because of covid and stuff so fantasypoints.com are the best people the best resource to have uh at your disposal to kind of you know distill all the information that gets bestowed upon us at this time of year especially as the year comes to an end and yeah, just want to wish everybody out there a happy fantasy championship week, Woo! a happy new year and everything. So yeah, uh, excited to to get on the airwaves today. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, you mentioned the rankings there. And while uh, while we have switched over into a new calendar year, of course, it is time to get ready for the final week of championship. Uh, chasing right so we're uh we're gonna dial in a bunch of our ranking stuff like you alluded to rankings have been brutal with covid like the amount that we have to get in there and update our rankings for the fantasy pros consensus is just wild so we've got those pretty uh pretty locked in and we're gonna talk a little bit about that tonight ty we're gonna talk a little um a little position by position walkthrough of some players that should be started for folks this week. Uh, I think we've got some good little nuggets there, so I'm excited to get into that. Um, and at the end, if we've got some time, we want to do some listener questions. So anybody who's listening right now, please toss your week 17 questions in there. We will have our rankings pulled up um, and we'll be able to answer those questions at the end of the show. So we'd love to have some of that interaction, something that we want to kind of do a little bit more of Ty. It's kind of fun to answer that stuff on the fly. So um, hopefully we can, uh, do some justice for everybody who's out there hoping to win this week. Um, and really quick, before we get into that, Ty, I just want to give a big thank you to our supporters. We talked about some of the folks in the chat there, and uh, we've had some really good results this year, and it's been a great 2021 for True North as a brand. Uh, we brought in the Sons of Dynasty crew as uh, kind of a part of the team, and they're killing it on the DFS side. Of course, we've got the Gold Jacket pod and the Point After pod still crushing Tuesdays for the Gold Jacket, Saturdays for Point After, I believe they're on now. So um, it's uh, it's been a good year for us. And so just want to thank everybody out there. Monkey Knife Fight, Fancy Points Media Group, our friends at Trophy Smack. You see the belt over there. Um, you can uh, you can go support them because they've supported us. So if you, if you like what we're doing, please go 
give them a look. And then our uh, our channels are True North FFB, truenorthffb.com on the site if you want to see the homepages for all the shows and all the articles that the guys are doing. Um, and then True North FFB on all the socials as well. So it's been a really, really fun year. We're really thankful for everybody who's rode with us. And uh, hopefully we help some people take home not only some trophies, because we would love that with the Trophy Smack promo code, um, take home some cash money. It's that time. I know I am feeling it in the wallet after Christmas time, and I'm sure you're feeling the same. So um, let's, uh, let's win some money together folks and let's uh let's talk about some guys because we want to make sure we are making the absolutely most informed decisions here in fantasy championship week so we probably won't go over a lot of the uh more obvious guys that are you know in our rankings at the top of each position yeah. but i definitely want to uh stop at some of the more surprising names maybe maybe talk about some of the ambiguity and try and get into some of the the difficult decisions that people have to uh have to make this week Totally. And uh, I'm going to fire right into the quarterbacks here, if you don't mind, Ty, because we got a lot on the docket here and I want to get it in. And it's a Saturday, so uh, I know that the families are awaiting. Um, so, yeah, starting with the with the quarterback position, first thing I wanted to do, Ty, because like you mentioned, we're not really going to run through a whole bunch of information about our studs. But why don't you lay out your top five quarterbacks for me? Yeah, well, I think uh, so. I have Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. I think I've Matt Stafford in there. Kyler Murray, I might have ranked a lot higher than some people who is in my top five right now. And then I think like it's hard to give a top five this week because then you arrive at guys like Aaron Rodgers, who plays Minnesota, Jalen Hurts, who uh, has a good matchup this week, Dak yeah. Prescott, Joe Burrow coming off a big game and getting the Chiefs in a high total game, uh, Justin Herbert against Denver, Tom Brady gets the Jets. Like these are some. Uh, some big names for sure. And I even think there's like a little bit, uh, there's some scary stuff. Like Pat Mahomes was the quarterback five overall last week, but mostly on the back of touchdowns. Right. And he only threw the ball 30 times against the Steelers. And that marked the third time in four games, uh, since the chiefs buy that Mahomes had 30 pass attempts or fewer. So I thought mm -hmm. that was kind of strange yeah. and also throwing for under 260 yards in all three of those games. And I only mentioned it because, you know, Mahomes is ranked so high, uh, rightfully so, but the quarterback five finish, uh, five finished last week was, you know, on the back of touchdowns and the other two games I referenced there and that since their bye week, I think he was quarterback 11 and quarterback 20 in those games. So mm -hmm. we're kind of relying on that game total in that Kansas city Cincy matchup to yeah. pay off. And, uh, like they will have Travis Kelsey back. I would imagine, uh, Mahomes will have his binky back, but <laughs> Clyde Edwards, Lair is out and the splits kind of blow me away. Maybe I'll go over them. Uh, or tweet, I think I tweeted them out, but the splits are actually kind of shocking in games that Clyde Edwards Hilaire hasn't played from like the team level. Like they just score a lot less points. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of strange. And that's an eight game sample size now over the last two years, I think 23 games that he's played in. So a little bit of worries at the top of the position for sure. For sure. Definitely. Um, we're definitely going to get to that when we get to the running back position, but I want to talk about the other quarterback in that matchup tie. Um, Joe Burrow. He was obviously uh, the bell of the ball in week 16. He threw for over 500 yards, four touchdowns, had that huge game. We're going to get to some of the wide receivers. Don't worry about that folks. Cause we liked that as well. Um, of course that was against a depleted Baltimore secondary, but this week with Kansas city, you mentioned the point total. Um, we're kind of hoping that that, comes to fruition to help for how invested we are in these offenses for fantasy right um so like do you think that this game has any maybe letdown potential as a shootout or do you think it you're all in on that um and then what do you think about joe burrow's chances to kind of stay beastly and have another top five week against that kansas city defense he 100 has top five upside i think this week like playing the chiefs the Bengals are underdogs at home and you know kansas city is on paper a top five matchup i think four quarterbacks in fantasy this year so it looks like 
the tables have fallen in favor of Joe Burrow in fantasy championship week. He like, he could be a signal caller that, that finally pays off come fantasy championship week after we've kind of, uh, we've experienced a lot of ups and downs with, with Joe Burrow and his young career here. And I, I don't know, Kansas city's actually, they're a little bit tougher of a matchup. I think than they are on paper though, at least like not a top five matchup. They definitely were during like the first five weeks yeah. of the season, like four or five quarterbacks, who faced Kansas City to start the season eclipse 275 yards passing. But since week five, not a single quarterback has hit that 275-yard mark through the air. No quarterback has scored more than 21 fantasy points since week five against the Chiefs after four quarterbacks through those first five weeks. Uh, all scored 28 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Before, so it's uh, it's one where we're hoping a lot of things meet in the middle here. But I think uh, expecting Joe Burrow to do what he did last week is kind of silly. But He's definitely a guy you're starting all of a sudden uh, as a as maybe a top ten quarterback in this match. Yeah, totally. I've got Especially him ranked someone like Lamar Jackson. Maybe not like you. There's quarterbacks sketchy. you might. Yeah, it's sketchy, right? I've got Burrow ranked as my quarterback eight on the week, and I do think this is an offense that can transcend. Um, like you said, it's been a couple of different seasons for the Chiefs' defense. In the past four weeks, they've been giving up fifteen and a half points per game to the quarterback. So as of late, they have been playing good, like you said. But I think like Joe Burrow and this offense can get past that. Um, and with the tools that are around him and kind of clicking now and taking command, I think he's going to come back and he'll have that top 10 week for you. He's a perfectly solid option for fantasy uh, fantasy championship week and then some blow up potential if the Chiefs do get out ahead. And expectations just be right in the middle. Like we expect Joe Burrow to perform in the middle of how he has all year and how he did last week. And we expect the Chiefs defense, hopefully, if you're a Joe Burrow stand this week, to perform somewhere in between the first five weeks and what they have been since. And then you're also kind of laying, like you end up falling in the middle of what the market's expectations seem to be for Joe Burrow this week. Like there's a lot of hype and then a lot of people saying pump the brake. So I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like right in the middle uh, around the horn. No, I dig that. I dig that. Um, You mentioned Lamar Jackson, Ty. So let's move over to him. Um, First off, like it's kind of cloudy right now. He's still got the Q tag. Um, As far as I can see, it's, uh, it's a little bit sketchy though. Do you think he plays this week? I, I kind of don't think he plays like Same. he was a did not practice uh, on Thursday and Friday after apparently he was limping at Wednesday's practice. And, you know, even without like the Ravens, for whatever reason, you know, they, they just haven't been the same team that they have been uh, over the last couple of years. Like, I think Lamar's been he just hasn't been the game changer that we've been accustomed to. Like he's performing as a top 12 quarterback in just seven of 12 weeks this season, over 40 percent of the time, like just over 40 percent of the time. Mm-hmm uh lamar's failed to score as a quarterback one this year so that's it's it's quite the downtick from yeah. what we've gotten over the previous two seasons where like three quarters of the time you're getting a quarterback one performance from him because he just offers such a high floor with that that rushing uh i think the bigger question is like what are you doing with lamar in dynasty right now like do you think he just returns to top five you know indisputable status yeah during the offseason yeah. yeah i think he does with with health um, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the coaching staff if Greg Roman were to move on or something like that. I don't like he's never been a guy that really gets like a ton of head coaching bud buzz, but I think he can be still a good fit for that team. Um, and Lamar having these weapons, Rashad Bateman's looked good. Hollywood's had a resurgence. Mark Andrews might be the best tight end in the league right now. Um, on the precipice of history, that guy with some hundred yard games. Let's no go. No doubt, no doubt. So I think he does slot back into that. And even if we see a little bit of a shift away from the Greg Roman super design run offense, I think um, what Lamar can do off script plus a little bit of added passing with these guys might not be a terrible thing. Um, I know that he's had some inaccuracy and some sporadic. He's a pretty streaky pass. 
passer. It's just the only way I can really, um, really say it. So you got to kind of roll with that with him and just know that you're going to get that pretty much quarterback one upside with just his rushing alone. So I think that's still there for me. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you, I think top five is going to be tough. Like you do have a lot of names that are going to creep into this conversation. And, uh, so I think he's definitely near the back. Like I'm going to have a Kyler ahead of him and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I think it's interesting to follow Lamar's value on the market over the off season. Cause I think there'll definitely be some truthers or whatever you want to call it. Um, but he, he needs to bounce back next season. Totally. So moving on to what fantasy gamers need to know for this week, Tyler Huntley is starting Ty. How high do you have Tyler Huntley ranked if he is the starting? Really? Yeah. I kind of thought like he would have been. Well, no, up, so. if he is starting, oh, if so, he's like, starting? hypothetically. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking to start him. So he'll be like uh mid to a back end quarterback two, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I got him as quarterback 17. Like I, I, kind of ranked him as if Lamar is sitting just so that when I have to update the rankings, I can just get Lamar out and don't have to remember. I've got him as quarterback 17 at this point, um, but against that Rams defense, like that's a great defense. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so I think it could be a bit of an ugly one for Baltimore, but I think Tyler Huntley some, has some of that rushing as well. And they can put him in some safe passing situations where they he definitely can hold schemed up. him up good last week, yeah. but like they didn't the week before against Cleveland. Yeah. You know, well, like... Josh Johnson was last week, right? Because Huntley was on the COVID Oh, that's list, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Josh Johnson played game? deadly last week too. Yeah. And in week 15, like Tyler Huntley, he looked awesome. He put up over 30 fantasy points. Yeah. It was insane. Absolutely. So yeah, you can, I think you can start think, him as a streamer, but you're not looking, you're not going to get like the Lamar upside out no. of Tyler Huntley, but you might get some touchdowns for sure. But yeah. I, I, the Rams is a tough matchup. And I think it's interesting. Like he threw the ball like 40 times in both starts, I think uh, against the Browns and the Packers. Huntley did and then Josh Johnson was throwing the ball a bunch last week so it's uh they don't seem to worry about throwing the ball like that's been their one of their MOs heading into 2021 was to throw the ball more that was their 2020 New Year's resolution and totally. uh they definitely have lived up to that in, in a certain sense and that it's you know facilitated the the Bateman uh surge here and uh the Mark Andrews you know history making almost totally totally so um next year ty i've got kind of a little bit of a clump of some veteran quarterbacks that i'm just going to rattle off and we'll talk about them here so um dak prescott uh, matt stafford aaron Rodgers, russell wilson how do you rank those four this week first off and you have tier gaps in there yeah i think russell wilson's the guy who falls yeah. down in that tier even with a matchup against the lions uh just such a slow offense right now and they could run the ball a ton with Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas or whatever. But uh, yeah, definitely pretty high on those other guys like Dak Prescott and uh, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers just have really muddy matchups. And uh, like, like Dak is an interesting one because he's facing Arizona who've been a top 10 matchup over the last four weeks, actually since coming off their bye week uh, the Cardinals are giving up multiple touchdown passes in all four of those games. So I really like Dak this week. Uh, Stafford's been like a top five quarterback basically all season. Like, again, he has been since week 11, since the Rams came off of their bye. Um, and you know, you just wonder if Lamar Jackson like doesn't play, does this point total start to drop? You know, do the Rams end up, uh, having a bigger margin obviously mm -hmm. in the line. So it could so. be a lot of maybe Sony Michelle in that game. Um, but yeah, like Stafford's the quarterback six in the season and this Rams offense has been exciting. You know, they're, I think Stafford's third and in intended, uh, air yard, second and completed air yard. So we've seen a lot of what we hope to see in LA and then, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just lit up the, the Vikings in that surprising upset victory by the Vikings not too long ago. So I think Aaron Rodgers is also a really good start. Yeah, he's going to do and it he's again. Hot as fuck right now. Yeah. There could be a little bit of that's uh, the one quarterback, by the way, we called out like in that uh, like great playoff screen schedule or whatever episode we did a few weeks ago. 
Aaron Rodgers was the one guy we really put our finger on at the quarterback position. We said there isn't a lot of great schedules or guys to point to that yeah. could really put you uh, in a great position to win a league. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the guys we really highlighted. Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's going to be interesting to watch that game too, because Kirk Cousins is out on the COVID list and uh, Sean Mannion, I believe is starting for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely a downgrade for the Vikings weapons, but for game script purposes, I wonder if that maybe leads to a little bit more AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, where Aaron Rodgers could potentially not have that top five week this week for you. Uh, just based on the fact that the Packers might get up and be able to run the ball a bunch. We're getting close to playoff time, so you wonder about a big lead and maybe a little bit of rest, get Jordan Love a little bit of run out there. Um, and so just to add a uh, Superflex dynasty aspect uh, really quick with yeah. uh, Sean Mannion likely getting the start, who also tested positive earlier in the week. The difference is he's vaccinated, yeah. Kirk Cousins is not, so... We're expecting Mannion to clear the COVID protocols, whereas Kirk Cousins is likely to not be able to. I don't think he can because he's unvaccinated. No, he absolutely can. Um, so yeah, Kellen Mond is somebody to trade there away in your dynasty super. Class. There it is. Yeah, I could see. You know, maybe. Um, I wonder if he's even active, but I could see if they get him in and he runs around the field a little bit, a little bit of backyard football. You could probably get a little bit more than you invested in Kellen Mond for sure. And just yeah, I'd take a third for him right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okie doke. And just uh, like a couple guys we're hoping to pivot to would be like uh, like Taysom Hill and Trey Lance, I would say maybe. 100%. And I want to get into those guys here, Ty, because I'm curious where you have Taysom Hill ranked this week. Um, and then I'm going to get into some of those rookies. So why don't you start on Taysom? Well, I have, uh, I have Taysom Hill pretty close to a, a quarterback one this week. Like I think he's my quarterback 12 or 13. He scored as a top 12 quarterback in six of seven starts now going back to last season. The exception being the... Uh, the nine, nothing victory against the bucks in week 15 there. But uh, Taysom was a top five quarterback in weeks 13 and 14 before that. And again, quarterback nine, quarterback seven, quarterback 11 and quarterback three overall in fantasy last season in his four start. So just capture that tremendous rushing upside that he comes with that floor is high. And I think the ceiling is, is pretty high too. Mm -hmm. And I think playing the Panthers like that defense doesn't scare you necessarily. They're not only 16 points per game over the last four two quarterbacks. Yeah, they're but, tough against quarterbacks. Um, I think with Taysom Taysom's rushing ability, I think can um, kind of supplement what you're going to lose on in the passing game, which is his mo anyway. And uh, so I think that's going to continue. He's my quarterback 14, so we're pretty close on him this week, Ty. Um, how about the rookie quarterbacks? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you lay out how those guys are ranked? So we got Trevor yeah. Lawrence, Zach Suckering, Wilson, yeah, Trey Lance, your boy, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, maybe uh, sprinkle in a little Davis Mills there, Ty. Well, I, honestly, I think what is surprising is how low you look here in Fantasy Championship Week, and we actually had a lot of these guys pegged as possible league winners. It was just a, a very unique season with the quarterback position where a lot of these guys, the Kyler Murrays, Lamar Jacksons, they were pushed up draft boards, so we had to – we had to spend up to get a game-changing quarterback, and it's almost played out as such as well when you look at the the quarterback scoring. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the rookie quarterbacks who were kind of uh, like a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, these were guys that we pointed to and said they have the skill set that we covet, mm -hmm. that we want to attack uh, when we're looking for a late-round quarterback. And just because they were rookies is why they're being drafted so low because top 10 drafted quarterbacks usually play and blah, blah, blah. So some of the hit rates haven't really panned out as well. And you look at my rankings this week and yours as well in fantasy championship week, there might not be a rookie quarterback that anybody's starting. And even shocking, more shocking is that I think Trey Lance is the guy 
I am the most bullish on yep. heading into fantasy championship week. I think he's my quarterback 14 and uh, that might move up with like, you know, Kirk cousins. I don't know if I've removed him from my ranks even and uh, Lamar Jackson and, and such. So yeah, Trey Lance is my quarterback 14. I think I have fields at quarterback 18, Mac Jones and Zach Wilson in the early twenties. I have Davis mills as my quarterback, 24, 25, 26, somewhere in that range. And the lowest rookie quarterback I have, ranked this week in fantasy championships is Trevor Lawrence, which is mind blowing. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty wild. The one Oh one, um, obviously it's a terrible situation, but usually that leads to a uh, better quarterback production for, for a rookie who started the entire season than we've seen from Trevor Lawrence. Um, Justin Fields, actually, I'm seeing he might not actually start. So yeah, I think that yeah. might, might actually end up changing a little bit, but as with you, I'm actually more bullish on Trey Lance than you. I have him one spot higher at 13 right now. So who's the Trey Lance guy now, folks? Totally. Yeah. Um, no, I got him at 13 for this week because I think he's just going to get put in great situations by Shanahan uh, against that Houston team, which the defense isn't as terrible as you might think just seeing versus Houston. But I think Trey Lance, uh, he's going to run the ball a little bit, and he's a big boy, so I like seeing when he uh, – gets a head of steam behind him. So I got him at 13 and then I got Mac Jones at 19 against the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. I think it's a decent spot for Mac Jones to put up a serviceable quarterback today. Davis Mills is my fantasy quarterback three among rookies this week against San Francisco. Um, they've been susceptible to wide receivers. And I think this could be a good Brandon Cooks game. Um, then Zach Wilson at 25 versus Tampa. I don't like that matchup for him. And then 29 is Trevor Lawrence. It's uh, it's pretty the wild coaching change didn't do much. And they had a, a favorable matchup against the Jets. Jets haven't been like a great fantasy matchup, but they're a shit team, just like the Jaguars and totally. uh, the Jaguars lost in the one Oh one bowl for the 2022 <laughs> draft probably. And uh, what's crazy to me is he's scoring. Like, I think he scored like 12 fantasy points last week, 10 the week before, maybe five or six the week before that, like really, really low weak killers and he's throwing the ball like 40 times a game he just can't get the yardage and i don't think he's throwing a fucking touchdown pass in back to back to back to back games now which is just insane for somebody who came in with the type of clout that trevor lawrence came in to this league with. yeah and he's got a healthy marvin jones he's got lavisca chenault out there so like i mean say what you want about those guys but they're still talented football players and marvin jones especially should be able to put a couple of 50 50 balls into the end zone so i like how you laid that out there yeah, my man. fade your vets in the second half and buy the rookies yeah any uh just pick one that you would prefer to start out of these four Tua, Tannehill, carson wentz or taylor heineke Tua, Tannehill, carson wentz taylor heineke yeah i'll take Tua. i'll take Tua. he's just kind of on a roll right now and then getting yeah. the titans is just such a such a nice matchup i'll uh yeah. i'll take Tua. yeah i got Tua, and then i got wentz next as the next guy and those guys are what's right. going on with wentz i thought wentz was not playing really let me yeah, check like, i'm like 90 percent sure carson wentz is not playing Let's beat this. I don't see yeah. any, any tags. Oh, they activate activated Carson Wentz from the from, vid okay. list. Yeah, so Carson Wentz will play. And yeah, these are like mid to back end quarterback twos. So basically streaming options. If you're hurting for an option, um, these guys might be able to be serviceable. But they're not going to give you that upside that, um, say, like a Trey Lance or even Taysom. Um, or even, to, in my opinion, maybe a little bit of Tyler Huntley if uh, if Baltimore gets down to and, the Rams and has to play balls to the wall. And sorry, Will, if you're still listening, I think Tannathrill is a big fade this week. The Dolphins has just been insanely good in mm -hmm. recent weeks against the quarterback position. That whole defense has just really turned right around, okay. done a total 180. In so. the last four weeks, the Miami Dolphins are giving up an average of 7.8 
fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. And that extends to 14.1 to the running back position, only 18 and a half points to wide receivers um, over that span and 10 points to the tight end position. So if you're going to exploit Miami, maybe grab a tight end. And people might be screaming their bye week is in there. It's just three game sample. You can go back before their bye the last four games that they've played. They're allowing eight and a half fantasy points to quarterback. So they're just crushing it right Mm. now. That's all I got for the quarterbacks. Yeah. So do you want to roll into the running backs? Because, you know, we, we have a lot of names we could talk about. What do you, what do you, I just want to get your take really quick on zero RB. Like, do you think it was viable this year? Do you think the volatility that we've seen at the position lends to that strategy? And then just for viewers who don't know, maybe explain what it is a little bit. To an extent, to an extent, it it was kind of valid this season. And I think a lot of it was just how wild the season was with COVID and everything. And, you know, a lot of injuries at the running back position as always, which is why you would play a zero RB. But I think there was even some injuries within that range too. Like Travis Etienne got injured. Uh, Cam Akers was probably a little bit high end for a zero RB team, but like a lot of those guys in that range did. And I, I don't usually play zero RB necessarily, but I'm thinking I might try that might be one of my new new year's resolution tie is that to actually try and build around the wide receiver position a little bit more and trust in myself to hit on those running backs not necessarily not taking a running back within the first three like maybe a first round running back and then start hammering wide receivers or go elite tight end after that running back maybe Um, i like and I, i know and i like how those teams shape up as long as you trust in the fact that if your running back two doesn't look absolutely fantastic you're going to have spurts within the season where you hit on these guys in various like ranges. Right. So it'll be, you know, James Connor for that huge, like six that, week, st- week stretch he had or just whatever. to butt in that. That's why it's kind of taxing doing zero RB and it really limits what you can do in the second half of a fantasy draft. That's yeah. the one knock I have on zero RB because I like zero RB. I've used it a lot. I think it's a very viable strategy in a lot of seasons. Um, I think some people dip back into the running back position too quick. I like to kind of avoid it till the round six, seven range. And yeah. then I'm just hammering running back basically the rest of that draft. And that's why it's kind of taxing because you miss out on a lot of uh, breakouts at other positions. And then just for the 2021 season, I don't think it changes my mentality too much on the viability of zero RB. It's more, and if you look at the wide receiver position, uh, the tight end position with the George Kittle, for instance, like there and Darren Waller being out right now, like you, have not necessarily gotten the payback with a new Hopkins with some of these wide receivers exactly. that you were expecting to get. There's been a lot of volatility <laughs> at every position this season. So looking at the running back position right now, um, I was going to, I was going to try and pull up the ADP, but I just don't want to do that right? <laughs> for dynasty. Like looking, cause I, I or, uh, for, for August ADP. Cause I think a lot of wide receivers have busted. I just can't like think of them off the top of my head right now, but, mm-hmm. uh, so the running back position this year, Jonathan Taylor, I think goes back up to probably running back one this week with Carson Wentz uh, looking like he will start. We got Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, uh, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Najee Harris. These are voluminous running backs who are usual suspects that we would anticipate uh, will be bell cows that you can win championships off of the back of mm-hmm. them. Um, Ronald Jones in the top 10 is where I want to stop. In the first week without Fournette, Jones finished as the running back 12. Do you think Rojo is a running back one this week? Yeah, I've actually got him as my running back seven this week. And I think um, it's about the matchup. It's about the fact that, um, you know, Bruce is going to give him workhorse uh, workhorse opportunities. I think he had 20 carries last week. 
um, and only three targets, which you, you kind of know you're not going to get out of Ronald Jones. So that's fine. You know, give him three targets. I'll take it. But the 20 carries in such a potent offense against the New York Jets is what I really want a piece of. So I've got Ronald Jones. I think he has such like he could put up double digit or not double digits, sorry, double two touchdowns this week. Um, I think he could double up in the touchdown category with uh, with them playing against the Jets looking to run the ball. Um, and I think that bodes well for Rojo to break off some of those big plays that he likes to do. Yeah, especially, and I think Rojo's, like, we saw there's a little bit of defined roles. Like, he got all the early down work. Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn was in there for for passing downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you nailed it. Like, with the Jets on the schedule, with some of the health that their pass catchers, you know, heading into the playoffs, they'll probably want to get those guys healthy. I could see them just really sticking to a run-heavy game plan this week. Totally. Um, I get there's some sketchiness here. Like, I think Keyshawn Vaughn saw 36% of the snaps, almost split snaps with Ronald Jones in week 15. Mm-hmm. Um, Vaughn also broke off, like, a big yeah, uh, a big play last week. So. He could but it's like it, a it, deep it's... flex too, right? Like I would, if I have one of those leagues where I've got like three flex guys, or if it's just like, uh, like I'm super decimated and it's just a hail Mary. Um, sure. You toss Keyshawn Vaughn in there uh, in the draft process. I did like me some Keyshawn Vaughn. I will say that. So if he gets more of a shot, I'm going to definitely like that, but um, deep flex for sure. No, totally. And Jones saw Ronald Jones, I think gets the goal line work as well. I think that's part of the defined really saw hundred percent of the team's carries inside the five yard line in week 16. The jets are allowing almost 34 <laughs> fantasy points per game to the running back position. The most football by far. Yeah. And they're the only team who gives up more than 30 points per game to running backs. Yeah. Uh, even in half PPR scoring. Cause I'm on Yahoo here really quick. The right. jets have allowed a running back to reach 14 and a half half PPR points 18 times this year. Oh that's God. insane. So we could possibly <laughs> see multiple running totally. backs. Uh, pay off at least for you know their price in DFS and things like that. Uh, even over the last four weeks here, when they face less than stellar names, I'm looking at running backs like Dari Ogunbowale, Viva Duke Johnson, <laughs> yeah. Kenneth Gainwell. They are all showing up on that list along with an Elvin Kamara. 28.4 points per game in PPR over those four weeks that you mentioned. That's, that, that's insane. And so the point is here, it's straight up like hard to not score a lot of fantasy points against the Jets if you're a running back. Yeah. And touchdowns are the usual suspect. Only three teams have allowed more than 15 rushing touchdowns to running backs. And the only team who's allowed more than 18 is the Jets. They've got up 22 <sighs> rushing touchdowns to running backs. Bucks are heavy favorites in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, just everything's pointing towards them this week. What about Sony Michelle, who might be pay, uh, like the Rams are facing a Ravens team who should be without Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Is Sony Michelle a top 12 running back this week? Yeah, I've got him as my running back nine. And I actually have him ahead of Anaje Harris, ahead of Aaron Jones, which I normally wouldn't do. But I just really like that opportunity in that game against Baltimore. We talked a little bit about what that game script could look like when we talk Lamar Jackson, how it could be a big Sony Michelle game. And I could see them wanting to pepper in a little Cam Akers to see how ready he is for their playoff run as well. If they get a lead, that's the, that's the spot to do it, right? Um, just a little bit, and then let Sony do the majority of the work. And so, yeah, I've got him as a top 10 back at running back nine. Last week, he, um, last week he had over 80% of the carries on the team, I believe. Um, and obviously not much for passing work coming from Sony. He has 11 targets in the past four weeks, yeah. but I mean, he's hit double digit targets in two of the last four games. So carries or sorry, 10% targets. Sorry. Oh, yeah. is what I was looking for in two of those four games. Oh really? So, I mean, that's a, a pretty low share, but a couple of targets is going to be great for Sony because if they get up and they run, he's been efficient. He's looked pretty good in that offense and that offense just looks good for running backs. So I want that guy that's getting and all even that work. Like last week, they're going against the Ravens and Joe Mixon definitely lit up uh, 
lit up the Ravens last week. Totally. Actually, you know, I could I could talk about the matchup a little more though. Like it uh it kind of has to do like Joe Mixon last week blew up against the Ravens because of that work in the receiving game. Kind of yeah. story of Joe Mixon ceiling, right? In fantasy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started, but the Ravens have actually done pretty well. Like a classic can't stop contain running backs. Uh, because they face like super tough running backs. Joe Mixon uh was the first running back last week since week five to score 15 fantasy points in P- in half PPR scoring uh, against the Ravens. And I'm talking names like Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, like a who's who of running backs, all of whom scored under 15 fantasy points against the Ravens. But, you know, uh, I think a lot of this does fall toward, like the other thing I worry about is the Ra- the Rams, we talked earlier with Stafford that we've seen some stuff that we were happy about yeah. and anticipated. Um, a lot of that has to do with throwing the ball inside the 10-yard line, too. They've just been throwing the ball a lot more, and the running backs uh, just haven't been scoring as many touchdowns, even if you want to talk about them being a regression to the mean candidate, because I think they're like top like they're top half in the league in running back rushing yards, but they're like 23rd or 24th in running back rushing touchdowns. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I just don't know if uh, if Sony Michelle is not going to be a little bit overhyped this week. Even yeah. if you look at like Daryl Henderson splits in and out of them this year in the three games without Daryl Henderson, he's only scoring like 13 and a half PPR points. That's not really like uh, RB1 uh, uh, championship no. running back right there. So I do definitely have a lot of concerns, uh, you know, because I think the line's going to change if there's no Lamar. It's just yeah. going to be a less meaningful game, I think. Yeah, no, I, I see that. I think he's t- definitely like a volume top 10 running back as opposed to an upside top 10 running yeah. back for sure. Um, but I think he's he's going to pay off as, uh, you know, as what he should be. I think the touchdown could come this week with, and I, with that game script. I mentioned splits. I want to move on to Daryl Williams in Kansas City. He is scoring <laughs> in the five games without Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 17.8 fantasy points. So that's much more uh like reflective of uh of a top 12 running back a guy who could win your week or whatever and i'm telling you that Bengals chiefs line just keeps on growing it's the second highest on the board and the chiefs are favored by about five points so we definitely should be starting the lead back from that team no questions asked right yeah i don't know man it's really kind of hard for me to buy into i just think like it's been a pretty decent split with Derek Gore or yeah, Derek Gore, Derek Gore. I always want to say Frank, um, but yeah, Derek Gore had a decent week last week. Um, and uh, it, this is like you said, a potential shootout game. So I don't know how much rushing work he's going to get with this team that doesn't run the ball a lot anyway. Um, and I'm not necessarily sure he really gets that many targets either over the past two weeks. Derek Gore has five targets to Daryl Williams four. Yeah. Um, so I think they really trust Gore, especially as the main runner. Um, so I actually have Derek Gore ahead of Daryl Williams this week, Ty. I mm. think it's just going to be a game. Wait, what? What? Derek Gore ahead of Daryl Williams what? on the chiefs. I think it's, I, I think he's, he's barely playing. No, he had more work than Daryl Williams did. Didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe they had similar, I thought they had like almost the same amount of carries last week, but you know, the chiefs have been getting up pretty good in games recently. And, uh, yeah, I just I think this is going to be a really competitive shootout style game against the Bengals. And I expect Daryl Williams to be playing a nearly every down role with Clyde Edwards really? out. That's that's my take for sure. I think I have him ranked as like my RB 12 or 13. Really? I don't have that. I have more of an ugly split. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch play out. And one that, thing I like to gap. do, Trav, that I've talked about a lot is 
One of the best resources, a lot of people use expert consensus ranking on fantasy pros, and you can pick your experts inside of that. So I like to pick, you know, a handful to 10 of the most accurate uh, rankers, especially guys who are reputable, like a John Paulson, a, yeah. a, a Fitzmorris, uh, Jared Smola, some of these guys we've had on the podcast, exactly. lucky enough, but uh, they're also some of the most accurate guys to fall all the time. So I just want to pull up and see where they have. So they have Daryl Williams ranked as the running back 16. This is a okay. collection of six experts. Let's see. Dan Harris, Sean Corner, uh, right. the Action Network, uh, just a perennial guy in, in the top of these rankings. Rob Wozniak, the secret code of the fantasy footballers. Uh, Patrick Thorman, Matthew Friedman. Uh, and I put Jared Smola in here just because he's been on the pod and is a beauty yeah. and is always money. He's also one of the best uh, draft accuracy fantasy football rankers. And they have Daryl Henderson as RB16. So I kind of like Daryl Henderson still. I just wanted to make Darryl sure Williams. I'm not. Yeah, no, I, think, yeah. I think I might have to take a deeper look at that um, because I uh, definitely hearing that those guys have them that high is, uh, is something I want to take a better look at. What um, about... I also, one thing I just saw that I didn't see earlier when we were in the rankings, Antonio Gibson out this week is what I'm seeing. So yeah. AG is yeah. going to miss. That mm -hmm. was, uh, I didn't see that earlier this morning when I updated the rankings. Yeah, that's a tough one for people. Uh, I own a lot of them in that one where I'm in eighth place in the fantasy points uh, players oh, championship uh, MFL 10. Damn. I have I Antonio Gibson, Daryl Henderson, and Leonard Fournette on that team. So that's a really, that was a really tough loss no for doubt. sure. Um, what are you doing with McKissick then? you know I'm, i haven't moved him into my rank but i mean i think he's gonna get some some targets but i think uh jared patterson's gonna get lots of that rushing work i don't think jd mckissick's gonna take over the carry load so i think it might just be a little bit ugly to the point where they're both kind of running back threes you know what i mean i don't think i'm gonna have them as the top 20 option that i had antonio gibson as yep um, one guy that I think is going to flirt with RB one status and definitely is in contention to be ranked ahead of a Daryl Williams, uh, or started ahead yep. of him. Cause you could have both on your roster is Rashad Penny. Look who it is. Oh my God. Rashad Penny <laughs> is fantasy fucking viable. He's been a top 10 running back in two of the past three weeks, over oh. 130 yards rushing scored in both of those games, averaging five yards per carry. One of the best in the league. He's fourth in uh, yards after contact per attempt among running backs with 40 plus carries so we're seeing the efficiency finally the shiftiness and everything that made him you know uh, a first round pick coming out of san diego state that you know feels like a million years ago i also think this is a totally. ufa year just for dynasty guys yeah. like i think they declined his fifth year That's option right. don't hold me to that but uh so benny is also showcasing himself here I have Penny ranked so high, though, because of the matchup with the Lions. Are you on board with Rashad Penny in your fantasy lineups championship week as like a, a set and forget guy? Yeah, I think he definitely is. He's more of like a mid running back two for me. I have him right in that 17 range for, for Rashad Penny. I don't know if that's lower high versus where you're at, but uh, I love Rashad Penny in this one. And like you said, that matchup over the past four weeks, Detroit's one of only eight teams giving up over 25 points to the running back position. And I think Rashad Penny is just going to keep that train rolling for this team. Um, and we know that he's kind of always been one of those limited workload, ultimate efficiency guys. And that's kind of come true. He's only got the 16th most carries since he's been um getting that worth the last three weeks but he has the most rushing yards most touchdowns of all running backs in that three game span Ooh. um and only four targets 
And so that's pretty, pretty incredible how he's performing. We kind of know the Seattle running back's not going to get those targets, but if you give him some, he can really excel in the passing game as well. Uh, I actually looked at some of the efficiency in four of his five career games with 12 or more carries, Penny's hit a hundred yards rushing. So 12 or more carries and Penny's pretty much going to hit 100 yards rushing 80% of the time. And then three of those four games, he went over 125 rushing yards. So he's really explosive. And you add some volume to that, pepper in a couple of targets. And I think like my running back 17 ranking might be a little bit modest. No, definitely. I have him much higher. I'm, well, running back 14, so not okay. much higher. But I'm starting him over guys like Josh Jacobs. I already had him over in Antonio Gibson, both Denver running backs. I think I'm over both Arizona running backs. Uh, so yeah, I'm very high on Rashad Penny this week. I think there's a little bit of scariness um and it lends to like we don't usually like to rely on just rushing work and volume and stuff it's usually a hard way to accumulate fantasy points but i think he could also score in this game like the the lions have been a top 10 matchup all season uh, including over the last four weeks running backs have scored 23 times against the lions this year so I, I think he's good for a touchdown and you look at that down week for rashad penny like he had two i think top five performances and then sandwich in between those two yeah. over the last three weeks was the rams which is a very tough exactly. matchup um, but the other ones were garbage matchups like Houston and the Bears, I think, for mm-hmm. Rashad Penny. So, you know, the game script seems to play a big part in Rashad Penny's performance, his ceiling and his snaps, because DJ Dallas actually outsnapped Rashad Penny in week 15 when they were playing from behind. And Penny's actually played on just 54 percent, 42 percent, 57 percent of the snaps during those three weeks. So the strength of opponent has been very important. Yeah. And the Lions is... uh is is really nice and the seahawks are going to be heavy favorites so it's just a perfect uh a perfect matchup i think totally i dig it and i i mentioned dj dallas like maybe those are maybe that forms an rbbc i mean it is on paper, i like dj dallas too. committee and i think he is in play in the deepest of leagues for sure but i want to go to a couple tougher running back by committees or ask you if they are running back by committees the Bills is where I want to go first. Buffalo plays Atlanta, which is a top 10 matchup for running backs. It also might be a snow game uh, tomorrow in Buffalo. So what do you think about Devin Singletary this week with Zach Moss getting back in the lineup last yeah, week? Got a couple red zone carries. one third of the snaps. Yeah, yeah, got a couple red zone carries too. So we didn't necessarily like that, but I do like uh, Devin Singletary. I have him as my running back 16 this week against Atlanta. Part of that is matchup oh. based. Um, it's interesting because you mentioned that they're talking, uh, bottom 10 actually in the last four weeks they've given up the 16th most so they've been better over the last four weeks but if you look at it they had the panthers and the lions depleted backfields in two of those four games so um, i think that's a little misleading versus what singletary could do because if you look at what he's been doing in that backfield yeah zach moss did come back in a little bit last week but devin singletary since week 14 has almost 85 percent of the running back rush attempts and almost 88 percent of the running back targets with a surprising 16 targets in those three games so that's an average of five targets a game which is more than we thought we were going to get out of the running back i think it has a lot to do with the wide receiver totally yeah and i think like and gabe davis is coming back too and emmanuel sanders is back so that could be affected a little bit but i think he's shown that he's really valuable and maybe josh allen's got a little bit more trust in him in that as far as dump dump offs and safety blanket plays so um i like devin singletary as kind of that uh mid to high running back two for me this week. Yeah, that's a guy we're like, so Daryl Williams and now Devin Singletary, we're very far apart on. I have him as my running back 25 right now, Uh, maybe 24, I guess, with Antonio Gibson being in my ranking still. Um, The usual problems I have with the Buffalo running back, you know, know. yeah, it's just, uh, and plus like, you know, Buffalo is one of the run uh, pass heaviest teams in football, and they're on a borderline historic pace when it comes to how often they're targeting their wide receivers, meaning the running backs just aren't that 
involved in that facet of the game. And I know, like, I agree that it's changed while uh, we've seen some of the the health of the wide receivers uh, fall off the map there over the last few weeks. And But it, it comes down to Josh Allen, right? Like, he takes away some of the explosive running plays. It builds in some efficiency for the running backs, but he's also just the, the biggest threat around the goal line. Uh, you know, I, I often tweet it out. Maybe I'll do it again soon. But just looking at rushing touchdowns in Buffalo since Josh Allen came onto the scene, just outrageous. So Josh Allen has 29 rushing touchdowns with his legs. Zach Moss has eight. Devin Singletary has eight. Mm-hmm. And Singletary's played almost 20 more games in that span compared to uh, sophomore Zach Moss. And yeah, Josh Allen, 20 more, 21 more touchdowns. That's uh, crazy, yeah. On the ground since 2018. So even in a delightful matchup, I uh, I can see sitting Devin Singletary. I, I think I'd start the other running back in this matchup ahead of him in uh, Cordero Patterson. Really? Um, I think I'd start both Broncos backs, maybe both Cardinals backs. I don't know. I don't know about that i am but he almost falls yeah. into this big tier is what i'm saying uh like around that running back 24 range because i still want like really talented guys like saquon barkley ahead of him and uh yeah it's just tough for me like i have running backs behind him like a michael carter that i might even think of starting over him. yeah interesting yeah i think i'm i must just be riding the recent lightning i do have him in one of my rosters that was booted in the semis actually unfortunately mm. that's a league that you and i are and we talk about it deep fairly often um and uh, i got booted out of in the semis um, going for back-to-backs yeah and you beat me last year and i didn't make the playoffs with like the fifth or third or fourth or fifth most points scored i definitely i know that's crazy that's crazy um i want to go to the cowboys backfield really quick because they also have a nice matchup against arizona uh that's the highest total on the board i think the cowboys are favored in this game pretty heavily and uh it's not super surprising just the way these two teams have reformed in uh in recent weeks so we definitely want in on this game it's an attractive one for dfs uh, uh circumstances so do you have zeke as an rb1 can you start tony pollard uh i think you can start both of them but i don't have zeke as a rb1 i have him as my running back 14 right now um and i think it's just been kind of like a pretty even split recently even in the carry share department like the last four weeks zeke only has i don't know exactly the number but zeke only has a little bit of an edge even in carry share i um, mean the targets are pretty even as well with i think a slight lean towards uh tony pollard um but i think it's a little bit different for this team as far as running back targets whereas a little bit earlier in the season between like weeks eight and 12 or something the the lead target getter at the running back position was getting like five to eight targets and over the last four they've only been getting like two to four um, and that's flip-flopped back and forth between Zeke and uh and Tony Pollard so I think uh, you can definitely start both of them but for them to realize realize upside we really need to see that point total hit and I think like it's weird because there should be so much upside to capture in this backfield in this game um but yeah Zeke is is splitting a lot of work with Tony Pollard like I think uh so I'm looking at it here it's uh so 36%, 53%, 35%. So that is the percent of rush attempts Ezekiel Elliott's had. I'm pulling this from the utilization report on pff.com. Only, uh, so yeah, Zeke hasn't had 100 yards from scrimmage since week six. So he's definitely struggling a bit. But touchdowns are a fantastic uh, substitute for yards, you know, and I expect yeah. touchdowns to be scored in this game. So I have Zeke not as an RB1, but pretty damn close. Yeah, same. Tony Pollard's still a tough start, but, you know, if I'm an underdog, a guy I'm targeting in DFS, I would say, but I, li- I like Tony Pollard. And uh, because this offense in Dallas is so potent, I think this is a game we want to uh, want to attach to, too. 
totally. And I've got uh, I got Tony Pollard at running back 34, so kind of a back end running back three. Um, but always a guy who has a chance to pop off a big play, right? And I think Zeke just has a really good chance at scoring a touchdown in this game, and I, even if it's inefficient work that he's getting. And Zeke is one of those guys that I kind of worry about. Like he's almost touchdown dependent right now, but he mm-hmm. could score a couple touchdowns easily. But I, I actually have somebody like Daryl Williams ranked ahead of Zeke Elliott, just to like put that out there. That's interesting. I actually have uh, my rankings on the basis of James Conner sitting and Chase Edmonds is one spot ahead oh, wow. of Zeke in this game. I think more passing work is going to come Chase Edmonds' way. Um, and I have Javante at uh, running back 12 as well, just uh, two spots ahead of Zeke. So, Well, why don't, we, why don't we talk about that Cardinals backfield really quick in this game? Because both guys are running back twos for me this week. Just we want players from this game, right? And because the Cardinals are underdogs. I think the game script could allow us, even if both play to lean towards chase Edmonds, but with the game total, with the defined roles, meaning chase Edmonds having like 0% chance of getting a fucking goal line carry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, with the game total, all that stuff, I just kind of want James Conner over him this week. If James Conner is out, it's definitely wheels the fuck up for, for chase Edmonds who saw 24 touches last week against, uh, like without uh, James Conner in the lineup. So you, do you think James Conner goes? And do you think if James, because you just laid out how high you are on Chase Edmonds, if James Conner yeah. sits, do you think they are both viable if they're both in the lineup? Yeah, I definitely do. I think there is a chance for maybe one of them to let you down, but I think you kind of, with the way the running back landscape works, the way this game should play out and hopefully plays out, I think they both should give decent uh, running back, like, you know, maybe back end running back too, um, but still, you know, something to kind of hold up that roster spot and not realize that upside. But I think if you have Chase Edmonds and you know James Conner's playing, you know that he's probably not going to realize that ultimate upside against the, this Dallas team. And same with James Conner having Chase Edmonds in there as far as getting some targets. So um, I think, like, I'm leaning towards James Conner actually sitting. I know he's a game-time decision, but... I don't think he's actually going to play. So I think Chase Edmonds will get that pie. Um, And I got, like I said, I got him as running back 13. I think as I'm looking at it here, if James Conner does play, I'm probably going to be bringing Chase Edmonds back into that 19, 18, 19 area. And I'll have James Conner in that, you know, probably 20, 24 to 26 type deal. So I think I will have Chase Edmonds still ahead of James Conner. And with this game, with the point total, like it just surprised me that none of the running backs in it are ranked as top 12 guys, even though we might be starting all four of them if, uh, you know, if your league's deep enough. Uh, So actually, I want to skip this one. Let's go to the Broncos backfield because they have an interesting one. Like I know we're coming off a really slow game against the Raiders for for Denver, Mm -hmm. but, you know, the the first matchup against the Chargers might make us want to err on the side of optimism with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And I was just looking at expert consensus rankings and those two are ranked really close together. So where do you stand on those two and how confident are you in starting both of them or either? Yeah, well, I think Javante might actually, I said, I have him at 12. He might actually bump back a little bit. If I know that, yeah, if I know that Melvin Gordon's playing, I think earlier in the week I was operating on the fact that, Melvin Gordon might not play. So I think Javante would come back into that kind of right around that same range that I was talking about Chase Edmonds in that 16 to 18 area. And then Melvin Gordon would be in, you know, 19 to 22, I think is where I would probably settle in. Um, Yeah, we just got to see what the word is on uh, the forgotten Spice Girl, Melvin Gordon. Um, Yeah, still questionable. Well, they're both questionable. Like they both have injury tags. I expect both to play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we'll probably settle in that mid to back end running running back too. 
yeah, I'm definitely starting Javante Williams over over Melvin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. both guys I'm starting, like I said, over Devin Singletary, over a guy like AJ Dillon. Uh the Broncos, like the first matchup they had with the Chargers in week 12, Melvin Gordon was the running back 26. He had good efficiency on the ground and everything. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Javante Williams was a top 10 running back in that same week against the same opponent. And even over the last couple of weeks, like Javante and Melvin Gordon, they've seen like the identical carry totals, but Melvin Gordon is basically uninvolved in the passing game. It's been pure Javante and two minute drills and stuff. And Melvin Gordon hasn't seen a goal line carry in back-to-back games now, which is really surprising. So I think the ceiling is 100% Javante Williams to, uh, totally. to capture. Yeah. Totally. Um, maybe we could run through uh, like, where do you have Elijah Mitchell ranked from the 49ers? Like he's back in the, Back in the mix here, do you think we are just plugging him back into RB1 status, uh, RB2 status, and then what does that do for like a Jeff Wilson and stuff? RB2 status. I think Jeff Wilson's still going to be involved. Like I think – I know that Elijah Mitchell came back from injury a couple weeks ago and took most of the work, um, but I think Jeff Wilson's still going to be involved. I have J- Elijah Mitchell sitting at actually running back 20 right now because I think Jeffy is going to maybe take a little bit of goal line work. There's not going to be much targets had from the running back in San Francisco. So I think, um, you know, any of that rushing work that gets taken by Jeff, Jeff Wilson is really important to Elijah Mitchell, maybe more so than other running backs like a chase Edmonds to a James Conner. So I think, I think Elijah will be affected by Jeff Wilson continuing to become a part of the offense. So if, they don't. So if he doesn't play, if Elijah Mitchell is out, how high are you ranking Jeff Wilson? We against Houston. Yeah. Um, One of the best matchups. For yeah. I think he would probably come into like, you know, between running back 14, 16 area, right in, in like the Rashad Penny. I have Devin, Devin Singletary at 16, like I said, so higher than you, but right in that kind of tier for me. Yeah. Sounds about right. Are you, I, I just want to go rapid fire yeah, with you it. here, Trav. Are you starting any running back from the Jets? Very tough matchup with the Buccaneers. As a running back to Michael Carter, if I had to, the Bucks matchup just sucks though. It's just, it just really sucks. And uh, the Jets aren't going to be doing anything to kind of break through that matchup. I think the Jets are a team that will succumb to that matchup. So I think I'm at 26 right now. So just outside running back to territory, but I think depending on how your roster makeup is and your injuries have, have played out, you might have to have him in there as you're running back too. And so, you know, hopefully what, you get a big play. What about your Eagles? Are you setting a running back from your Eagles? No, not if I have to, not if I have to Boston Scott's my highest ranked one. And I have him as my running back 30. Um, and then I don't even know what's going on with Jordan Howard too. Like, is he playing? Is he not playing? And then, yeah. So I don't think either of those guys, like they're, they're like mid to back end RB threes at this point, uh, with Jalen Hurts probably being the best rusher on that team. That's reflected in my quarterback rankings. Cause I'm higher than most on Jalen Hurts. I have him as my quarterback three this week against Washington. Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's my gonna, quarterback six or so. He's going to run wild. Yeah. And I think they could throw the ball. Like that's the way to attack this Washington defense. Uh, because yeah, man, has there been a defense that's let down more in 2021 than uh, than the Washingtons? What about the Jaguars? You know, we we could go down the rabbit hole of ATN and James Robinson. Maybe we'll save that because uh, for time's sake. But mm-hmm. are you starting any Jaguars running back this week? Dar- Dari Ogunbowale would be the only I'm one friggin', that probably. I'm friggin' trying not to. Um, that being said, I mean, looking at the. Uh, the defense for new England over the past three weeks, they've given up the fifth most points to the running back position. 
Um, but you know, Dare, Dare Ogumbawale isn't really sparking much inspiration to continue that. So I, it, I really would not want to start him, but he might have to be a flex for some teams. And New England's uh, like, I'd start him over some of the guys we've been talking about because New England has, they should be up in this game. The Jaguar should be put in a position to, to throw the ball and Dare is going to play in those two minute drills. And the New England Patriots have given up the fourth most receiving yards to running backs all season long. So that's why they've, they've really let down and, uh, against running backs, uh, defending running backs lately is that what about the dolphins the dolphins running back room is kind of a mess right now like are you are you able to start any of them i think gaskin duke johnson and Lindsay are all going in this one i believe yeah oh yeah and uh for me that makes them kind of non-starts like i think duke you know was fun while he lasted but i didn't think that was really going to last you know what i mean especially with miles gaskin there and playing a second fiddle role to duke in that one game um, so I, I don't know how it's going to shake out. So I'm trying to avoid it. Um, if I had to though, I think, I think I'd probably have Gaskin just a touch ahead. Um, but it's like back end running back three territory here. And the thing about that, like the Titans have been the second toughest matchup, I believe all season in fantasy points allowed mm-hmm. to running backs. And that's because they've given up a shitload of fantasy points to the wide receiver yeah. position. So I think we should be targeting Miami's quarterback to a Tanga Vailoa is the guy we kind of broke ties with earlier when we were throwing that, that tear out that you threw out. Uh, it's really easy to break ties in, in favor of the pass yeah. catchers in Miami this week, as opposed to uh, this gross RVBC we could uh, see unfold against the Titans this week. Totally. And what should be actually a pretty competitive game, I think uh, on the road for, for Miami. What about the Panthers, Chuba and Amir? We kind of warned about this, that we probably wouldn't be interested in either guy down the stretch. Do you think this uh, tough matchup just solidifies that nope. take? Hard no, hard no. The volume's not good enough on the pass catching side for Amir Abdullah for me to buy in or on the rushing volume side for me to buy into Chuba. So no, thank you. And just like if you were super desperate, I think it might be Duke Johnson out of all the guys we just named from Miami and Carolina. Like Amir, Chuba are probably like, you know, maybe in, in that running back 40 range, um, yeah. miles Gaskin, same kind of tier for me. Uh, whereas Duke Johnson, I think has kind of proven himself a little bit and I just love Duke. Yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. hundred percent. I've got, who I've got all those a guys championship being the guy who started Duke Johnson. That'd be, fun, that'd be fucking dope for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, fun fact, real first name, Randy, Randy yeah. Duke Johnson could win you a fantasy title this week. The big unit, the unit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Watch, watch your birds around him, though, folks. Yeah, watch if you got a pet. And bird, your cameras. Don't bring him out. Don't get around. too close yeah. to, <laughs> yeah, to Randy Johnson with the camera. <laughs> okay, Ty. So I do want to say a, a quick word for our friends at Trophy Smack. You can see the hardware here. Um, and I mean, what better time than in Championship Week to stock up on the hardware for your league? Go to trophysmack.com, use our promo code TNFF purchase a trophy or a bell and you'll get a free championship ring um it's sweet you can get little plates for your trophy to commemorate every season's winner um you can get yourself a new ring with our promo code every year after year after year um tons of cool stuff on there losers trophies everything you could want customizable belts this one was customized for the king's classic league um, i've got some ideas for some of my other home leagues as well that are going to be pretty hilarious ty um so yeah tnff at trophy smack gets you a free championship ring with the purchase of a belt so 
thanks to them. And yeah, go level up your league with some stuff at Trophy Smack. They're doing some really cool stuff over there. So go check out all the stuff that they're doing. Matt, um, kind of the, the lead dog over there, is a, is a great dude. We've had some good meetings and seen him doing some fun stuff out there, namely at the Fantasy Football Expo. Dude rolled into like the conference room with like 16 belts on his shoulder because he had a bunch of belts to deliver to people at the expo. And yep. that was an extreme boss move. <laughs> and uh, I think his shoulders are probably hurting the next day, though, because those <laughs> things are pretty heavy. It's like that guy. Uh... He's like a, a national treasure in Canada. The guy who holds the Stanley Cup. With yeah, the absolutely. The blonde hair. Yeah. You know what he should have had, though? He should have had, you know how like boxers, when they're stepping in the ring and they're getting ready, they've got like their whole entourage holding up all 12 of their belts. He should have totally. had a bunch of people behind him like that. Absolutely. That would have been baller. Um, but anyway, yeah, thanks to Trophy Smack. Go check them out, guys. There's links on our website, truenorthffb.com, as well as at trophysmack.com. Uh, and it's some pretty cool stuff you can get over there for your leagues. So uh, I'm going to get into these wide receivers here, Ty. We are, uh, we're running, uh, yeah, running we can go a big way more rapid fire. Yeah, we'll go a little bit more rapid fire here. I've got just some, some peeps to run through, and we'll just kind of talk about whether we're starting them or kind of how high we think they can fly. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the dynamic duo in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, both had solid weeks last week, obviously, with Joe Burrow uh, blowing up for the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe both of those guys had like probably 75% of those 500 passing yards that Joe Burrow had were between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I think between the two of them, they had 320. So that's pretty beautiful. Um, do you think these guys can both be league winners in this shootout matchup against Kansas City? We talked about the point spread earlier. We talked about how we really need it to deliver on that point spread. Um, do you think that reigns true for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase as well? Or do you think they are the funnel through which this offense runs that they don't necessarily need that, you know? I think given the game script that we should see unfold, uh, I think both are top 12 wide receivers this week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. I like who do you it. have ahead of who? Like, uh, if you had to decide, like if you had T Higgins and Jamar Chase, I am a stacking machine. So that could be possible. And you could have so taken awesome like, and both these guys, you could have afforded to take a. Okay. So I have J Jamar Chase at seven. I have T Higgins at 11. Okay. So both top 12 options, like you said, I, I back do... back. Do you? I, I like that. There's right nothing now. fucking wrong with that, right? Because they're that close and both of them are just eating that much. It's great. Yeah, well, and T. Higgins has the big mo on his side, whereas Jamar Chase has the talent and the, the history chasing kind of thing going on. So I, I totally. really like Jamar Chase to have a big bounce back game. And why not make it against the Chiefs? Why? Freaking not keep it rolling to T. Higgins. That's one of my heartthrobs. Big time is T. Higgins. Uh Jalen Waddle. Uh, another stellar young wide receiver. Obviously, he's a rookie. We talked about Tua and that beautiful little matchup they got against the Tennessee Titans, who were giving up a bunch of points to the wide receiver position. Jalen Waddle, you know, had that had that big week last week. Are we riding the lightning with him? Obviously, you're starting him, but like, how high are expectations, Ty? Where do you have him ranked? Yeah, I mean, the ceiling's always the thing we have to question with uh, Jalen Waddle. I would imagine, like, the average depth target and stuff isn't ideal but mm -hmm. yeah i love jalen waddle i we were really pounding the table like this has been the best alabama wide receiver over the last little while here like not rugs not like not anyone not Devonte smith like not jerry judy it's jalen waddle is the best wide receiver that i think uh yeah was at alabama there so he's a high-end wide receiver too i would say just because he doesn't really come with that like top five ceiling in your Agreed. kind of range of outcomes you don't expect that but you know he does have maybe a bigger ceiling than guys like a Hunter Renfro in theory. Like, um, I don't know. Uh, like these are tough guys to, uh, to rank in that range, but I think I'm ranking Jalen Waddle ahead of on Renfro ahead of a uh, ASB, uh, 
you know, Brandon Cooks is somebody you pointed to earlier. I think I'd start Jalen Waddle over him. I'd start him over an Amari Cooper, a Tyler Lockett, probably both Seahawks wide receivers uh, in a matchup where they could run the ball against the Lions. So, yeah, very high on Jalen Waddle. See, I have it a little bit different. I do recognize kind of the points that Tennessee's given up, and, and I like Jalen Waddle. I have him as my wide receiver 19, um, but I do have Brandon Cooks ahead of him. I have Hunter Renfro ahead of him, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett ahead of him, uh, Keenan Allen ahead of him. So uh, right behind him, I have Christian Kirk and Odell Beckham Jr. So I think, like, that's a nice little spot for him, and he's going to produce as a strong wide receiver too. But, um yeah, I don't think he's maybe as close to top 15 as as you are. but And for uh, me, it is just the matchup. Like, I just see the path to Miami running the ball a ton this week. They are uh, throwing the ball a ton this week. They've been mm-hmm. happy to to throw the ball a lot this year. Um, and yeah, just Tennessee giving up the most fantasy points this season to, to the wide receiver position. Yeah. Beauty. Okay, so uh, what about the Chargers wide receivers? I mentioned that I have Keenan Allen over um Jalen Waddle at 19 I have Keenan Allen as my wide receiver 14 right now which is maybe a little bit bullish against Denver but I think that the volume could help him here um but what's what are you saying can we uh can we start Josh Palmer too this week Ty uh, I'm not starting Josh Palmer okay, no but damn, I, I'm damn. starting Keenan Allen yep. yeah um you know I, I just think he's more of a uh like a, a a low floor kind of play or a high floor play kind of for Keenan Allen. I think I would probably start Jalen Waddle over him. I'm definitely starting guys like CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, quarterback be damned. I'm starting over a Keenan Allen, like you it. know, and then, so what I'm saying, I guess, is Keenan Allen falls in that tier that we we're just talking about for me. Exactly. Exactly. I think he's probably just like the top of that tier for me. I actually have Amon Ra in there at, at wide receiver 15 this week. Ty. Yeah, no, I'm, he's, uh, he's right up there. I'm so like, and, and Josh Palmer, I wasn't trying to like just dismiss no, him out totally. of hand. Like I have him pretty close to guys like Rashad Bateman and, and Gabe Davis coming back off injury D, DPJ. People were ready to start. I have those guys uh, pretty close together. I think I have him ranked ahead of Cortland Sutton for Pete's sake. So Nice. He told me that at the start of the year. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I totally do too. I have him at uh, wide receiver forty-seven. So you know, I'm not oh, saying wow. I'm not saying he's like a you know top three or a top three wide receiver on your roster. But Josh Palmer scoring a touchdown this week, Ty. It's going to happen against Denver. Don't even care. I think Josh Palmer is going to come through for the people, the Canadian kid, uh, and we love to see it here at the Toronto Fantasy Football. And I'm looking at like I probably would start like a Cole Beasley. I'd start a Gabriel Davis and stuff ahead of Josh Palmer, I think. But you, I wouldn't start Jaguars wide receivers like Treadwell and Marvin Jones. And uh, like it, it's a tough decision once you're in this group if you have to start one of these guys. And we know how many leagues have three wide receivers plus multiple flex plays. The problem is I don't have Jalen Guyton like too, too far behind him either. So Jalen Guyton is the guy that I would kind of worry about. And then just, you know, how much more involved is Austin Eckler going to get here? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, I just got, a, I just got a feeling it's not based off anything crazy as you can tell by my ranking of him. but mm-hmm. I was actually just looking and like, I could make a case for him being up as high as like, wide receiver 40 but the problem with that kind of like what you said is that that could be interchanged with Jalen Guyton right Jalen Guyton could just plunk right in and do what we want Josh Palmer to do Mm -hmm. because that's the way that works for the wide receiver when it's not Mike Williams on this team right um okay so I talked about Amon Ra what about uh the guys behind him uh that would be obviously Josh Reynolds and I saw that Khalif Raymond has had a surprising amount of deep targets the last few weeks yeah I think he has nine deep targets over the last three weeks which is uh was just surprising to me so would you uh would you dare start josh reynolds or like in a like a four flex play toss in a khalif raymond no way um <laughs> for real like i have those guys ranked like, RB, like, like wide receiver 70 range so i'm like not even considering them 
because ASB is kind of soaking up all the targets and DeAndre Swift could be back this week to, to take up a bunch of more targets. And, you know, what we're relying on, especially with some of these deep targets we're talking about is Jared Goff. And that's just not something I'm ever going to do. He is might not tie... even play this week. That's true. Tim that's Boyle. true. Yeah. So it might be Tim Boyle again, but I just don't trust that, you know, the, the poor quarterback play to deliver on these deep balls. And yeah, Seattle has been susceptible to, to that kind of stuff this year, but, uh, yeah, definitely leaving my Detroit ancillary pieces on the bench. Yeah, or the totally. Wire, <laughs> Josh yeah. Josh Reynolds is my highest ranked one at wide receiver 51 on the week. I think he, all he is is just a dart throw hoping for a deep touchdown because he's yeah, kind I'm of ranked the, the like deep wide receiver guy. like 60, 70 something. Interesting. Okay, so in Tampa, uh, just real quick, Antonio Brown is your wide receiver what this week? And you know what? I'm Didn't... pretty... I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown is like my wide receiver eight or nine this week. Wide yeah. receiver eight for me. I thought he's going to score like three. Him. He's going to score like three touchdowns this week. That's right. Nothing can come up for him because he's got the questionable tag. Well, yeah, he does. Yeah. An ankle, but uh, I just think it's funny. Like as a quick off note, like has nothing to do with fantasy, but like the guy who's supposed to have just one more chance is like on his eighth chance. Now. <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember Bruce Arians is like, you know, no, no excuses. One strike rule with Antonio Brown. And then he like fakes a passport for the vaccine. And like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, it's just hilarious to watch. I do have, there is no rules for somebody as talented as Antonio Brown. So rank him as high as you want. Totally. And I think you mentioned them um, when you were talking about somebody else, but are you starting any of the Pats wide receivers? The, the Patriots. Patriots wide receivers? Uh, probably not. Yeah. I just wanted to see. So like Antonio Brown, I literally have like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo, Tyreek, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs. Like I, I am really high on Antonio yeah. Brown this week. Wide yeah. receiver eight, just uh, just ahead of Deontay, CD, and T Higgins, just behind Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, and Debo, just like just pretty much like you. Mm -hmm. I dig it. I dig it. Um, and then who are we? To, who did you ask uh, the about Patriots, there? The Patriots. Yeah, I don't think I'm starting any uh, any Patriots wide receiver. No. Like, like, are you starting Jacoby Myers or Kendrick Bourne if you have? I think I'm starting Kendrick Bourne because at that point I'm fucking. I need some big plays, and Jacoby Myers is not going to give That's it to you. Kendrick Bourne's the guy who's going to give you some of those big plays mate like he's the more likely guy to not that it's even got like a 10 percent chance of happening but i think kendrick Bourne would be the more likely guy to get two touchdowns if one of them you know what i mean yeah so if you need that week winning week out of a patriots wide receiver against the jacksonville jaguars um who over the last few weeks actually have been pretty decent against they actually are the fifth best or fifth worst matchup for wide receivers yeah, they, over the last four and weeks, the patriots but. are one to game plan to a team specific you know deficiencies and totally. so you know maybe point away from the passing game in new england this week and i i i have jacoby ranked ahead of kendrick Bourne, but i really do like your argument that you know that's a ceiling i actually yeah. do too because of the likely outcome versus the um best outcome right and like who are we I, talking about before like josh palmer is a guy that i'm starting both of them over a josh palmer yeah, and, same here. yeah so i i kind of only a few spots though for me yeah i like gabriel davis this week like i have him ranked as 42 but against atlanta with how kind of hot he's been with josh allen lately um, I think he's going to take precedent over Emmanuel Sanders as the wide receiver too. So I think like my wide receiver 42 really? ranking, I think Gabriel Davis could have a nice little week this week. So I would, I would probably I even have Cole Beasley ranked ahead of Gabe Davis. Too. Yeah. 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 I think it's probably just more that big, big play touchdown upside thing. Yeah. But Emmanuel Sanders, like not playing is that could happen. Though. Yeah, for sure. So um, I want to talk about a little bit of wide receiver twos on some teams. Um, obviously for the Rams, you got Cooper cup. Uh, he's my wide receiver two this week, but uh, just behind uh, Devontae Adams. That might actually change with the Kirk Cousins news, though. I think 
Cooper Cup. Well, the quarterback situation for Baltimore is shitty too. So we got some thinking to do on the rankings <laughs> is what I'm saying, people. Um, if I didn't uh, explain how agonizing rankings have been at the top of the show this week with everybody in and out, uh, I think that just highlights it. But Odell Beckham against Baltimore with what that potential game script could look like now. Um, where do you have Odell ranked? I've let him fall down a bit. And like I said, it seems like, uh, so I have him as a wide receiver too. Let's say that like I'll start him over Devonte Smith, a Christian Kirk, a Marquise Brown in that same matchup. Uh, I'm starting him over Van Jefferson, but Van Jefferson is a big reason why I can't get too high yeah. on some OBJ. Um, so yeah, I have OBJ as like a back end wide receiver two, And Van Jefferson's like a high end wide receiver three. And there's a lot of talented wide receivers in there that I could see people making arguments for, like a Devontae Smith, uh, a Mike Williams, DJ Moore, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Pittman, the Seattle guys, Terry McLaurin. Yes. Yeah, so there's, uh, yeah. there's a lot of guys in that range that I could see starting. Um, but yeah, OBJ is, is in that conversation. And I probably err on the side of talent over uh, – someone like Christian Kirk, even in a, in a very nice matchup against Cowboys. Yeah. I've got OBJ as my wide receiver 21. And for all the stuff you laid out, like he's actually getting out snapped by Van or by Van Jefferson over the last four weeks, but he's out producing him in a big way. He's got a higher air yard share. He's got more receiving yards. A big piece of that is that Van Jefferson in those like three games has like 15 yards after the catch to Odell's 71. So yeah. I think Odell's just like a more, dynamic player and matt stafford is showing improved um improved chemistry with him and matt stafford is just dialed in right now so and it's, uh, it's and the raven secondary ain't like yeah. we've been good accustomed point. to a pretty good secondary in, in baltimore but they're a top five fantasy matchup this year for wide receivers they've allowed the second most fantasy points to the wide receiver position over the last five weeks too so they're they're trending in the wrong direction there and uh a lot of wide receivers are putting up a lot of points. Like they're allowing almost 43 PPR points to the position over the last five weeks. Totally. Totally. Okay. So Green Bay, are you starting MBS or Alan Lazard this week? Oh, uh, I actually, I better bring up my rankings. And would you start, I would yeah, you start the I, guy that you have ahead? I better actually like look at my rankings. So I, because... I'll start real quick on this one then, Ty. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got MBS as my wide receiver 38. Alan Lazard as my wide receiver 45. Yeah. So um, I'm actually like in lockstep with you there. And I think we should be breaking ties in favor of these gentlemen because uh, the Vikings are a great matchup too. They're, they're, they've allowed, I think, let's take a look here. So they've allowed the, wow, the Ravens are allowing a lot of fantasy points. It's to crazy, man. It's um, crazy. <laughs> over the past four, they've given up 50.5 yeah. to wide receivers. <laughs> but the Vikings over 40. Yeah, yeah like 41, 41 uh, fantasy points of wide receivers over the last four weeks. They're, they're a very good matchup. And, you know, we saw both these guys have, you know, we, we saw basically Green Bay just light this team up uh, not too long ago. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I just like MVS because I think there could be a little bit more of a, a rushing volume game script there with the Kirk Cousins stuff that we've beaten like a dead horse on this episode. Uh, MVS so is the one that went off I against think, Minnesota. And like, I, think I think he had MBS, like 120 yards. He had a touchdown. MVS yeah. is the guy that on four targets could give you that solid week as your wide receiver three flex play. Whereas Alan Lazard, like he can probably do that too, but I don't think he has as as much of that in him as MBS, if that makes any sense. Um, okay, so this question was in there before the Kirk Cousins news, but Adam Thielen's ruled out KJ Osborne. You said Justin Jefferson is uh, just a touchdown, and you'd probably, I think you would, 
judging by where you said you'd had him, he's probably still top 12 for you. Yeah, he's like right on the cusp though now. Like he moved back into like more back end wide receiver one status for me. Yeah, I got him at the 12 spot myself. Exactly. Um, but I think, you know, he's still a oh, solid so- option. But KJ Osborne, like what what do you think about him? Because I think with Kirk Cousins, he probably would have been borderline top 24 option for me. Really? Um, yeah. But what do you think about KJ Osborne with, with Adam Thielen? Oh, I, I just love, like he's been. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Year. I just don't love him. Like I just haven't been able to start him. So he's like in that wide receiver 40 to 50 range for me, like along with some of those names, like the Jaguars wide receivers or whatever. I think we're talking about uh, like Cortland Sutton, Marquez Calloway, mm-hmm. uh, KJ Osborne might go behind both green Bay wide receivers. And just to go back to those guys, Same. Alan Lazard missed the game against the Vikings earlier in the season, week 12 or 11 or whatever, um, where MVS went off for over 120 yards and a touchdown. So that's interesting. They might cannibalize each other a little bit. The game script might, uh, depending on how it goes, um, because I don't expect the Vikings to beat the Packers this week uh, like they did in week 12. Uh, but yeah, so KJ Osborne might be in a better game script or whatever. So I, I don't know. I just have a hard time starting him. He's in that kind of range, but uh, probably breaking ties away from KJ Osborne, which I feel like I have been doing all season, which I feel bad about. Yeah, I think with the quarterback situation, that's completely valid. I'm looking at the splits this season with and without Adam Thielen. Uh, in the 13 games, obviously small sample size, 13 games with Adam Thielen, only 8.6 PPR points for Osborne. Two games without Adam Thielen playing 12.2. And I think that could be a little bit deceiving just because it goes for games played as opposed to games where Adam Thielen might have exited the yeah. game. So that could be a little bit deceiving, but that is a significant jump without Adam Thielen. But I think you definitely have to, uh, like you said, break the tie away from KJ Osborne, especially he, because of the quarterback situation. And he did fuck all against the Packers in yeah. uh, week 11 or 12. Okay, lastly, your boy, I'm just going to finish it off on Chase Claypool. Can we start him? Um, I better bring that one up too, because Pittsburgh is not the team you really want to be relying on. I wonder just really quick while I'm like thinking about it, I wonder if we end up seeing like Mason Rudolph in week 17, just, uh, yeah. scare everyone to death because <laughs> like, it's it gotta be the end of the big Ben era, right? Like it has to be almost, uh, but at the same time, like, are, are you going to give them the respect, give them that last game? I don't know how they're going to do it, but this is basically this is it game. It, this game is in Pittsburgh. Week 18 is not in Pittsburgh. And that's why I was bringing it up because this could be the last time we ever see Big yeah. Ben at home. Maybe he just comes out and fucking lights it up. Who knows? It just would be so Big <laughs> Ben to do that um, and then leave us all in purgatory for the offseason. So Chase Claypool, you can start. Yeah. I think he's a top 36 wide receiver. Like he's right at that cusp. 35 for me. For me. Is he? Yeah. So he's, he's right in that range. So I actually couldn't on. find in my rankings, but like a Michael Gallup uh, in that juicy matchup against Arizona with that point total. Devontae Parker getting the Titans. Like Tyler these are Boyd. guys I'd probably start over him. I would start Tyler Boyd over Chase Claypool. Same Z's. Yeah. Same Z's. Love Try it, and give dude. me some more. I got to find someone I wouldn't start. Okay. Let's Claypool. see. Let's I feel see. like I'm also going to break ties That's away from Brandon Ayuk against Houston um i'll start brendan Ayuk. darnell mooney against the giants yeah mooney Devonte parker against tennessee yeah i think like i have him ranked ahead of him and i just can't I, it has to be like if i'm so uh locked into that take that miami is gonna pass the ball and can't nobody yeah. can really run the ball again like so i should have parker ahead of claypool yeah i do too i do too i have claypool at 35 parkers at 30 uh jarvis in the same game no no, nope, give same. me Claypool. Yeah, give me Claypool. AJ Green against Dallas. Oh, that that's one is a tough. Like close one, eh? Th- th- that's another big reason that I think Arizona is 
taking a step back from what we experienced in the first half of the season, uh, like AJ Green having a career resurgence was part of that, but just goes back to fade your veterans down the stretch. So yeah. I think I'd probably err on the side of the sophomore Chase Claypool. I like it. Yeah, it's it's pretty close. Pretty close. I have AJ Green two spots behind him, but uh, yeah, very nice, very nice. Should we uh, should we do much on tight ends here? Like start your healthy guys, pretty much. Like it's yeah. I mean Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George hey, Kittle. Do are you at have Kelsey at uh, at tight end one this week Definitely. because expert consensus did not have that when i loaded up my rankings it had Mark really andrews it had Mark no andrews. i definitely have that was Kelsey. i probably loaded up my rankings on thursday so it was probably and early I, in the week but. i get it it's just like you know with mark andrews in this quarterback carousel thing I, I know he's got history he could make but uh i i'd still just go with travis kelsey for sure for especially sure. with a week of rest this is he... a this is a good one here so the denver broncos drew lock is starting teddy bridgewater is out the wide receiver position is absolutely decimated. Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick are going to be out. Cortland Sutton is questionable. So what do you think about Noah Fant? I have him ranked as my tight end five this week. I know that Chargers defense is a tough one, but I think volume alone is going to have Noah Fant flying up there with a chance to score a touchdown. Where do you have him knowing that all those other pass catching options might not be available for Drew Locke? Who likes to put the ball up? Yeah, I mean... I... I just don't know if I'm ready to call him like a big world beater. I know and yeah. the Chargers have actually allowed a ton of fantasy points to the tight end position this season as well. Um, so it's a nice matchup, but I, I don't know if I can even get him into like the top 10 because you have a Kyle Pitts who, yeah, he has a tough matchup and everything, but it's just Kyle Pitts, you know, and Hunter Henry gets the Jaguars and uh, Dalton Schultz is in a game with a huge total and Dawson Knox plays Atlanta where they could like, he's just a touchdown machine. Zach Ertz is also in that, yeah. in that game. So heavily it's, uh, targeted too. I just have a hard time getting Noah fan too high. And then you think of like a Tyler Higby, Mike Gesicki. I have a lot of guys here in that range. Pat Fryermuth. Uh, yeah, I guess I have Noah fan to the tier, maybe two ahead of where you've got. Him. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I guess maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm over, maybe I'm kind of overlooking into that pass catching situation because I think, I guess the chargers are a defense that while, like you said to the tight end over the last three weeks, the chargers have given up 21 and a half PPR points to the tight end position. The only team worse is the Cincinnati Bengals at 26.7. Hello, Travis Kelsey week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, the, the chargers are fairly susceptible to the running back position with uh, the second most points given up to the running back positions in that same three game span. So if, uh, if the game script goes towards that, I could see myself kind of laying a bit of an egg on that Noah Fant ranking, but uh, I don't know. I think volume volume is what you're looking for at tight end. So regardless, you're starting your Noah Fant, obviously. Um, And I liked how you called out Tyler Higby. That's a good matchup against Baltimore defense. Um, You know, Mike Mike Gesicki is going to have a couple of boneheaded hurdles where he falls like a crash test dummy, but he might come out decent. So, yeah, it's an interesting uh, week. Foster Moreau is in the mix with with, uh, Darren Waller likely missing, RSJ. So, Yuzama, who let you down last week, Ty? Yeah, just a lot. (laughs) Just a lot, yeah. Speaking of letdowns, you got Evan Ingram down here. (laughs) You got, uh, like, the, the Browns tight ends should all be back so you have an njoku hooper harrison bryant uh shit mix uh and <laughs> it's, I, it's the ugly. guy we didn't name there is the guy i can't pronounce his name but i've been a huge fan of him since day one and it's a-okay like that's a big reason why i'm not huge on noah fant ever mm-hmm. no that's fair that's fair a-okay is a and i loved noah fant coming out too and i this think he's very true. athletic and uh it's just that a-okay is very good as well absolutely and you know drew lock might even lend less to Noah Fant, who is very, he's exceptional after the catch. So manufactured touches, getting the ball 
to him quickly is the way the name of the game. I just don't know if that's Drew Locke's uh, modus operandi. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a that's a very very well made point. Well made point. Um, so I believe you have the YouTube window opened up. Are you able to uh, peep any of those listener questions from the crew in there? I do. So let's see. Dario Gimbawale versus Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams, Washington. I would go Dare just because it looks like he's the lead back. And I think, I'm definitely going Dare. Uh, yeah, so that's where I would go. Um, Phil Pritchard is the blonde Stanley Cup gloves guy. So thank you to Kyle Senra for that. We need Kyle's him. the bomb. Yeah, Thanks, he buddy. really is. Yeah. Start two of these guys, Trav. You ready? Okay. Isaiah McKenzie, Jacoby oh Myers, Devontae Parker, Tyler Johnson, Cam Brate, Tyler Higby. Okay, the, it was the first and the third guy that you said. So it was um Isaiah McKenzie. And uh, no, Parker. actually not. He had a good week last week, but some of those injuries. So Devontae Parker's one of them for sure. Yeah, Who was the second guy? Uh Jacoby Myers, Tyler Johnson, Cam oh. Brate, Tyler Higby. I might go Devontae oh. Parker, Tyler Higby. If you need uh, a floor, I'd go Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd like, I think Tyler Johnson. I want, I want to say Tyler Johnson, though. You know what I mean? I think the opportunity is so ripe, but he's had a couple of these ripe opportunities that have just not gone his way. He has a seven-target game a couple weeks ago where he just didn't really do much work on those seven targets. So I, just I think want the touchdowns, it to be Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I, I think the touchdowns could go. Like Cam Braid, I'd probably start over Tyler Johnson just because of the – Upside that Cam Brate scores a touchdown. I have a lot. I, I just think he could score a touchdown. And, totally. Uh, totally. Tyler Higby, I love the matchup. So I, I wouldn't mind kind of trying to rely on a touchdown there. Maybe we yeah. were talking about on the yeah, exact LA same basis. The ball a ton on the exact same too. basis as, uh, yeah. Just, I think if you're down, like Isaiah McKenzie's interesting, you have to monitor all these wide receivers' health. Emmanuel Sanders might sit, but I, I, I think. As hot as Isaiah McKenzie is, I just don't know if I'm chasing points in fantasy championship well, week, even though I was like pounding the drum for Isaiah McKenzie last week. So, yeah, but I think Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley being healthy, regardless of Emmanuel Sanders, kind of throws a little bit of water on those. I think planes. the snow throws a little bit of snow. True on that. The game. What up, that's Singletary? So what up, Singletary? I do worry about. Uh, I might actually benefit Zach Moss. Um, unless he gets cold and tense. He's back in the mix in 33. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see I, yeah we don't really have that many more questions here no. uh sit one ezekiel elliott t higgins cd lamb david montgomery jalen waddle okay sit one i can't remember these off the hop i like, think it's my gonna be over here. i think I it's gonna be jalen waddle um i i honestly my gut tells me <sighs> ezekiel elliott but i'm in the same boat as you zeke could really kind of shit beds here if uh well well i, I think cd lamb and jalen waddle are the two like take them out your or uh cd lamb is definitely the t. guy higgins. you're taking out and t higgins you're taking out but uh it, it's Monty's a solid start too i have him as a top 15 running back and i think it's like a like this must be a small league because that is a deadly a, deadly a lineup tough flex decision i guess um yeah so i like so you have to sit one of those guys, Ezekiel T. Higgins, I think it's going to be oh, Waddle's tough too because you got the ceiling. Depends if you need safety, I would probably start Zeke. If you need ceiling, maybe start Waddle because that Tennessee. But what ceilings do you get in the Miami offense? So it's a tricky. One I think Waddle's the right answer. It just uh, depends. Yeah, like if you yeah. need like 15 points, maybe I would start Waddle in a totally. PPR. Oh, it's half PPR, half point per first down, which would also move Jalen Hurt, uh, Jalen Waddle up a little bit. Mm, I, I don't know. Um, that might move Zeke up a little bit for me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That moves the running backs way up. So you definitely might even want to sit T. Higgins if you really need points. Mm, yeah, that's a 
But I don't know. CD Lamb and Tegans are like back to back in my ranks. Love them both. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much all I got. My second question is Cooper Cup was 2022's league winner. Having literally zero cup killed me across 90% of all leagues and formats. Tell me that's Will Harris. Does he repeat in 2020? Tell me that's Sent Will by Harris. Will Harris. <laughs> Will dog me forever about the Cooper Cup love. And uh, just so happy to see that. Don't even remember the question because I was basking in it. So what was his overall question? Do you think Cup will repeat in 2022? Like, is he... Not to this magnitude. Do you think he's a top five dynasty wide receiver right now? I don't think he's a top five dynasty wide receiver just for age. Um, I think the ceiling is going to be there for the next couple of years. Maybe not to this magnitude, uh, but I think he's going to be a top five redraft uh, wide receiver for me next year. Not in dynasty, though, just because of the age. So I'm let's look at some of the names here really quick. We got a Jamar Chase, a DK Metcalf, CD Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, New Hopkins, Debo, Jalen, Amari, Jerry Judy is way too high in my dynasty rankings right now. <laughs> Um, but these are some big names. So let's stop where so you know, New Hopkins, blah blah blah. AJ Brown, Chris Godwin. Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, DK, Jamar Chase. Cup is somewhere in there, I think. That's how good I think he is. Now. Yeah. That's how yeah, like I actually, conducive this situation is to his skills. I could have now. him anywhere. The rapport is there with Stafford. Anywhere between 9 and 16 is where I could have him from a dynasty perspective. And right now I have him at 14, which I think, you know, at his age, I have, you know, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool right behind him. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle just behind him. Um, Two, just for that. Four, uh, yeah. So I think I could T. get Higgins, him as high as eight, but mm-hmm. not much higher. So the Chase, DK, CD Lamb, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Diggs, Devontae Adams. I haven't updated my dynasty ranks in a while, so maybe I have to lower Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf a little bit, uh, move up Justin Jefferson maybe because... I Jamar Chase is my dynasty wide receiver one. I do too. <laughs> and CD Lamb is my wide receiver two. JJ at three. And Chris Godwin, somebody I'm much higher on than consensus. I have AJ Brown a little bit lower, I guess, than... Uh, I have AJB at five. Chris Godwin's at 10 for me. Yeah. Deontay J at 11. Terry Mack at nine. Devontae Adams still up there at eight. Stefan Diggs at seven. Will's other question was, do you think it's time to sell high on Kyler Murray in Dynasty? I think in Superflex for sure, in Superflex. But in one quarterback, I think I'm just keeping him. Honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with, what do you think of Cliff Kingsbury and his standing there? Like if Arizona was to come out and have a bad year after the finish to, to that, like if they go out early in the playoffs, have a bad season next year, maybe Cliff's done in Arizona. And I don't think that would be the worst thing. So I think... I like a lot of the components that Cliff Kingsbury's offense brings from the no huddle to the high heavy wide receiver schemes. I think another coach coming in could really utilize some more RPOs and stuff yeah. on early downs. And I also think Kyler Murray is basically unstoppable inside the five yard line with his legs. So I think Kyler Murray is already setting history as a guy who's going to throw for 3,500 yards and rush for 500 yards. That is almost hard, almost impossible to do. I've tweeted out a few times. Yep. It's, it's only a handful of quarterbacks who've ever done that. And Kyler Murray's on that list. And I think he could be on that list every single season. Whereas Lamar Jackson's going to really struggle to get to that 3,500 yards. Or maybe we're prorating it in a 17 game schedule of 3,734 yards, whatever the fuck ever. But Kyler Murray is a special specimen and the exact prototype of a quarterback we build in a lab to pay off in fantasy football. So I think Kyler Murray is a guy you should use any dip in the market to buy on Mm -hmm. because we've talked a lot through 2021 
about how the change at the quarterback position has occurred. And we need to, like, we've been saying it for a couple of years now that we should be paying up a little bit, even if it's just for the Josh Allen two years ago, the Lamar Jackson the year before, like, you know, well, so I, I think Kyler Murray's the guy you buy in dynasty. Yeah. And I think if I'm selling a Kyler Murray, I'm going to want a stud young quarterback coming back my way. So was it going to be like a Kyler Murray for a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow or a Dak Prescott plus what is that plus and is it worth what you might be losing from a rushing upside standpoint on Kyler Murray? And, and if you're thinking about for me in most situations, it's probably not um, unless it's a super flex league and somebody's paying up like as if it's a, they're paying for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Maybe I'm doing it then if I need, if I need to supplement the rest of my roster and I can take that Justin Herbert and um, really, really utilize whatever that piece is. But if that piece isn't going to like, take me to a title then i think i'm riding the lightning with uh with kyler Murray because he's my dynasty quarterback three right now got him way up there because i well, like everything that you just said ask people who were like should we sell quarterback x last year high for picks and ask yourself how that trevor lawrence owner is feeling now or that mm -hmm. justin fields owner that paid up the 103 and those guys are to not draft kyler trey murray. lance and exactly and those guys aren't even kyler murray they're not even in an offense that kyler murray is in and Arizona is just turning into maybe an offensive powerhouse. Yeah, they've had a down few weeks here, but maybe this Dallas Cowboys matchup in week 17 here is what propels us to not make Arizona a victim of recency bias mm -hmm. come the offseason with for this. sure. Because this offense is potent and uh they have the pieces in it, the they've lost nuke and everything's kind of gone to shit a little bit. Well, so there's gonna be some change. I'm giving too. them the benefit of the doubt for sure. There's gonna be some change too, which could be exciting change with James Conner. I think is on a one-year deal. AJ Green was on a one-year deal. I think Christian Kirk is a free agent. So we're gonna see a little bit of turnover potentially or some re-signings that uh, kind of build some excitement. Um so we have another question here okay. from Kaylee. Nice hoodie tie, where you get it. I got this uh, from Viridian slash my girlfriend. Yep, absolutely. Viridianglobal.com. You can get all the True North merch. You can see if you're watching True North Tea on the table there. True North Chapeau right there. Um, Ty's got the hoodie on. I got the gear all over the fucking place. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I adorn my room with it as if it's art pieces. Um, Viridianglobal.com. Go check out all the brands in the football collective. There's tons of our friends over there who uh, are doing really good work in the fantasy space. Um, and you can support them by uh, rocking some of their gear. So please go and do so. Specifically, check out the True North gear. I was just peeking through the catalog thinking about placing an order just yesterday, Ty. Um, so go do that at viridianglobal.com. You can also get there through our website, truenorthffb.com as well. We've got a nice little shop lined up on the site. You can kind of pick and choose and check out right from the True North site. So really appreciate anyone who's done that. We love seeing it. Please make sure you let us know um, in the comments or on Twitter or wherever. Let us know. We'd love to give you a shout out if you're uh, representing the True North gear wherever you are because it's uh, it's pretty cool to see the, the spread that... Uh, you know, that you can get from just meeting people on the internet then, you know, so uh, we really appreciate all those friendships that we've made and whatnot. And thanks to Will, Mark and everybody at Viridian for putting all that time and effort into making our merch the best in the business. Um, that's all we got for the show today, Ty. It's been a blast. This is a Saturday matinee show. We are um, in a different secret location within the fantasy, uh, the True North Fantasy Lair. Yeah. Um, it's been nice. Uh, got the new camera for Christmas worked minty please anybody who's watched or hung out for the show 
leave us a comment, like, and subscribe on YouTube. That helps us out huge. Um, and we want, uh, we want your comments on Twitter as well. Please feel free to share the episode with your friends. Um, going to be a good off season tie. We might take a couple weeks just to kind of rest and relax after the season, but I don't think it'll be too, too long before we'll get itching to get back in the lab. Um, so we will be going through the off season, putting out some stellar content. I think we had one of the best guest lineups pretty much in the business last year. We had a lot of fun and I'm hoping to kind of build on that and continue that for this off season. So uh, keep looking for some more guests coming from us. We love chatting and getting that perspective and having some, you know, really accurate people to help you be accurate in turn. So that's kind of what we hope to provide. And we hope you've done that. So please leave us a comment and let us know if you have. Um, and uh, we just love to hear from you guys. So thank you very much to you guys. Thanks to Monkey Knife Fight, Trophy Smack, the Fantasy Points Media Group, everyone in there. Um, Ty, yeah, until uh, it might be next week. It might not. We'll see. We'll uh, keep everybody posted on Twitter on what our schedules are looking like. But good luck in your fantasy championships. Hit us up on Twitter if you have any more start sick questions for tomorrow. Happy to help you out. Um, but until next time, hope everyone had a great 2021. Bring home a little cash this season. Hey.